Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Am I really quiet? You're super quiet. Can you just turn my little knobby? Yeah, you're not even registering hardly. Hello, hello, hello. That's way better. better. Way better. Okay, let's try this again. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that got hit, but... Oh, welcome back to Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, encrypted podcast. I'm Emily. And guess who has a cold again, slash still. Yeah. It's Emily, and I'm Danielle. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I thought it was allergies, but then everyone in my family heard me and they were like, that's not allergies. <laughs> that's a cold. So um, I sound like this. It's really not that bad. You sound a little stuffed, but yeah, you, you've so- definitely sounded worse. I sounded worse last night. I sounded like I smoked like four <laughs> packs a day. But you, did. you did not sound good last night. This is honestly the first time I'm talking out loud today, so... <laughs> It's uh, six o'clock at night. That so is really that very probably impressive. Probably is why I sound better right now. But I have some uh, peppermint tea in a so. really really cute Disney mug. Yeah, fiftieth. Um, yeah, super cute. So I'm just gonna. I mean, I should be fine, but I'm sorry for how I sound. <laughs> it's really not that bad. I promise. I would tell you, I definitely sounded worse in the South Dakota episode. So if people can struggle through that. Can Which you find a spot have. to sit, please? Sirius is a little confused. He doesn't really know where he wants to go. He's got to go your way. Come on, buddy. Okay. Um, no, no, I no, 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 no. Just let him sit with you, Danielle. No, He's my, not wet. My iPad is there. He's not wet. I need him to... Okay. He just wants to sit with you. I know he does. Because I'm his favorite auntie Chaos. that's here right now. Okay. Um... <laughs> I'm going to be telling the story today, uh, and I want to apologize. I don't know what was up with our audio. The past two weeks, my episodes have been, like, cut off. Yeah, which is super weird, because we um, haven't done anything different, have No, we? I do the same thing to both of our episodes, so I don't know why it was different. And then uh, we were a little late on the podcast yeah, last week, but yeah. we don't need to get into it. So No, just technical difficulties. Hopefully, this one is fine, but... Um, I texted Danielle this week and I told her my story is in a few different states. So um, I feel like you'll know the story once I get into it. I'm always a tiny bit paranoid that we're doing the same story. I already texted you I know. the states I was in. I know, but mine is in some of those states, but not all of them. Not No, more than those states. Well, so is mine, oh, shit. but not just Midwestern states. Uh-oh. <laughs> is yours history? History? Like historical? Is yours like from the 30s? No. Okay, then we're good. Mine's from the 30s. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. I literally texted you I, for a reason. I know. You should have just steered clear of those things. I tried. Uh, not very hard, apparently. <laughs> no, really not very um, hard. Okay, so I'm going to be telling the story of Michael Swango. No, I do not know that. You will, I think. Okay. The name just doesn't sound familiar. Um, And I do want to do another quick PSA. I know we talked about hopefully talking more about the victims in our stories, but this one, unfortunately, is focused on the bad guy again. So okay. I'll uh, do a story next time that's more focused on the victim, but <laughs> I just wanted to... Sometimes it's really hard... Yeah. Especially if they have multiple victims. Yeah, and that's the case with that's this one. That's kind of what I figured. So, yeah. Um, okay, here we go. 
So Michael Swango was born Joseph Michael Swango on October 21st, 1954 in Tacoma, Washington to Muriel and John Virgil Swango. But Michael was raised in a place called Quincy, Illinois. He was the middle child. Um, Michael's father, John Virgil, was a career United States Army officer who served in the Vietnam War. Um, unfortunately, upon his return from Vietnam, his father became depressed and an alcoholic, and eventually his wife, Muriel, divorced him. Um, I'm sure there's some PTSD involved in that. Yeah. Uh, as a result, Michael didn't see much of his father growing up and was very close to his mother. Um, in high school, Michael attended Quincy Catholic Boys High School and was valedictorian of his 1972 class. It seems like um, Michael, by all accounts, had a pretty uneventful childhood. Nothing. No, no hitting of the head. No hitting of the head. <laughs> nothing too crazy. Um, after high school, Michael served in the Marine Corps, where he received an honor- honorable discharge in 1980. After being discharged, uh, Michael headed off to Quincy College, which is now currently called Quincy University where he studied chemistry and biology, and then he headed to Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. Quick um, tea break. Hold on. Okay. Um, I'll talk about Sirius while you do that. He's very cute. Okay. <laughs> uh, while at Quincy College, Michael began to, ha- began to have a fascination with poisons, even Ooh. going as far as writing his thesis on bizarre The Bizarre Poisoning Death of Bulgarian writer Georgi Markov. Ooh, is that the one where he, like, got shot with a pellet thing? Did not look into it. Oh, okay. If I'm being honest. Okay. There was, Um, like, a... He was, like, killed by Russians. Interesting. If that's the right one. Maybe. Uh, It was uh, here, then, at Southern Illinois University School of Medicine Mm -hmm. that Michael's problems first began to start. Uh, Michael was always a very good student and super smart. He graduated summa cum laude. Is it laude or laude? I think think it's both. Okay. Because I feel like I've heard it both ways. Me too. And won the American Chemical Society Award, but he was known to be extremely lazy. He kind of seemed like one of those people um, where things just came easy to him in life. Okay. Um, He never really had to work hard for things. And then when things kind of became hard, he didn't really know what he to was do like, at that what point what the hell do i do because i've never had to work hard for anything in my life exactly okay um instead of focusing on his studies michael preferred to work as a ambulance attendant um it was said sorry i'm having <laughs> my brain brain fart can you like see my like was my face like trying to yes it was like, like you know you know that like loading face yeah that that's was exactly what just happened that's what it felt like it was yep um <laughs> okay so michael's lack of focus on his studies did not end up catching up with him a few months before he was due to graduate from medical school he was caught faking checkups during his obst obstrict Okay, OBGYN. I don't know how to okay. pronounce it. Sorry. Rotation. Um, most of his fellow students had been suspecting that he had been faking his checkups as early as his second year of medical school. Damn. Uh, people also began to notice that Michael had a noticeable fascination with dying patients. Never a good thing. Oh, no. he. 
Can I make a prediction? Sure. Are, are you gonna be mad at me? Is he, gonna, really. is he gonna be a common angel of death? Yeah, I guess. Well, that's uh, you wait. Know, no, you know I what that, that is. That's right? where they like. Where they think it's like a mercy killing, so they just oh, like kill people. No. Oh, okay. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. I thought that was where he, um, where they like kill people just so they can resuscitate them. No, that, I, but it's not. I don't. That no, I don't think that's that's um something with a hero like a, a hero complex. Yeah, or something. something yeah, like that. it's not that either. But um, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my list to see if this name is on it. I'm sure. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, many patients that Michael was assigned to do checkups on ended up coding or suffering life-threatening emergencies. At least five of these patients died. Once Michael was caught faking checkups, a committee was asked to vote whether to give Michael a second chance or kick him out of school. Ten bucks says they gave him a second chance. And at the time, there needed to be a unanimous vote to dismiss a student, and one person voted to give Michael his second chance. I hope that person feels really bad for that decision. (laughs) But at this point, there are some major concerns with his competency. Well, yeah, he's been, like, faking things for... And people are dying on rotations and just all this crazy stuff, so... Yeah. Um, Ultimately, Michael did end up graduating from Southern Illinois University a year after his class under the the condition that he repeated his OBGYN rotation and complete several assignments in other specialties as well. So, he did end up graduating. Okay. Okay. Um... Now, after graduating college, Michael had to go into an internship, which is pretty normal for mm-hmm. doctors. Um, and dis- is it, sorry, is that what their residency? Like rotation, res- yeah, residencies. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I feel like there's a certain. Yeah, it's a residency. It. Okay, that's like that. Thanks. Uh, somewhere, and despite having a very poor evaluation in his dean's letter from southern illinois university he was able to get a neurosurgery residency at ohio state university medical center in 1983 that's scary isn't it how that doesn't make any sense i don't know i don't know i don't want to think about it too hard no that's yeah that's pretty terrifying (laughs) it was here while he worked at rhodes hall that nurses began noticing that apparently healthy patients began dying mysteriously and quite frequently, each time Michael was on floor, as, or was the floor intern, um, a nurse even caught him injecti- injecting a patient with medicine once. Um, not long after this patient, the patient became violently ill. What? The nurses in Rhodes Hall did bring their concerns up to administrators at the hospital, but they were told that they were being paranoid. What? Yeah. There was, however, a cursory investigation into Michael in 1984. However, he was cleared of any wrongdoing. That's infuriating, to be completely honest with you. I know. Um, Despite this, though, Michael was not asked to stay on for a full-time position after his internship ended in June of 1984. Raise your hand if you're surprised. (laughs) That July, Michael ended up returning to his hometown of Quincy and began working as an emergency medical technician with the Adams County Ambulance Corps, even though he had been fired from another ambulance service for making a making a heart patient drive themselves to the hospital which is sad but also like like it's a little a little comical humorous (laughs) in a way like how did you even get that to happen but okay um were they like it's like he like showed up and was like 
mm, you're fine and then just like left maybe must have been something like that <laughs> that makes a lot more logical sense because i was imagining him making the patient drive the ambulance oh my god <laughs> But now what you're saying is making a lot more sense. Well, I wonder if he like was like, oh, I'll just follow you to the hospital and then was hoping the person would have like an accident or something and then he could be like the hero and save. But he didn't have the hero complex. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I don't know. Um, Weird. Okay. Not long after Michael started at the Adams County Ambulance Corp., uh Coger's noticed that after he had prepared the coffee or brought in any food for the group several of them would end up getting violently ill can i ask you a quick question yeah is the ambulance core is it c-o-r-p-s yeah it's just core then what did i say corp oh whoops because it's the same for mere core anyway <laughs> sorry i was just that's fine uh okay ambulance core and then people would get sick. Yeah. In October of 1984, the Quincy Police Department ended up arresting Michael Swango when they found arsenic and other poisons in his possessions. What? On October 23rd, just a heads up, I might sneeze in a hot second. <laughs> okay. 1985, Michael Swango was convicted of aggravated battery for poisoning his coworkers. He was sentenced to five years in prison. After his conviction, the people over at Ohio State were like, oh, shit, maybe we should do a little bit more of a thorough investigation. The from, dean, Like from when he was there? Yeah. Okay. The dean of the law school of the dean of the law school at Ohio State, his name was James Meeks. He wrote a scathing review of the hospital that stated they should have called the cops and also revealed many shortcomings in its initial investigation of Michael. At the same time, the Franklin County prosecutor thought about bringing charges of murder and attempted murder up against Michael, but eventually decided against it because of lack of physical evidence. So I'm assuming Franklin County is where the hospital, that Ohio State Hospital was located. That would make sense. Okay. Um, so four years later, in 1989... Michael Swango was released from prison and found work as a counselor at the State Career Development Center in Newport News, Virginia. Unfortunately for him, he was forced to quit after he was found making a scrapbook of disasters on work time. Don't do that, apparently. Then you and I should probably be really careful when we do our research, huh? (laughs) Don't do it at work. Uh, he then started a job as a lab tech for ATI Coal in Newport News, Virginia. During his time there, the craziest thing happened. His co-workers began seeking medical attention with complaints of consistent and increasing stomach pain. No way. I know. Crazy. Sirius um, does not believe it. I know. This is where Michael Swango met Kristen Kinney, who was a nurse at Riverside Hospital Michael and Kristen fell in love and decided to get married. Um, One of my sources stated that Kristen Kinney began suffering from violent fits of migraines and committed or died by suicide four months later with traces of arsenic in her body. One of my other sources said that she suffered, began suffering from migraines, left Michael and moved back to Virginia and then the headache stopped. Then four minutes later, after moving back to Virginia, she died by suicide. So, not 100% sure on the timeline. Okay. Sounds like either way, she did apparently die by suicide. That's really sad. 
Yes. And are they sure it was suicide and not murder? Because I don't trust this bro at all. They never, like, stated one way or the other. But, I mean, who knows? Um, Okay. In 1991, Michael resigned from ATI Cole and started to seek a new position as a doctor again. Um, That's really bold of him. Yeah. The FBI questioned co-workers at ATI Cole and started uh, wait, many wait. months after Michael had resigned. Why is the FBI involved all of a sudden? Are you going to tell me later? <laughs> or maybe I just don't remember. How, <laughs> and I forgot to... Right, about how the FBI got She involved. looked like real, like, Cheshire cat over at me. Like, she was, like, um, being sneaky or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, local authorities have been kind of starting to, like, catch on. And they were like, okay, this is, like, bigger. It's more states than it is this one. Like, and I think that's how they kind of got involved. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to stump you there. <sighs> no, it's fine. It's... I, w- I wrote this a while ago, so sometimes yeah, you right. just forget. That's, yeah. Um... 1991 was also the year Michael decided to legally change his name to Daniel J. Adams and tried to apply for a residency program with Ohio Valley Medical Center, which was located in Wheeling, West Virginia. I don't understand why he's trying to stay in the Ohio, West Virginia. Like, yeah, people know you here, dude. Like, right. Change your name and get the heck out of Dodge. Not that I'm like telling a criminal how to be better a criminal, but... I also, I don't know if he got this residency or not. I don't think it did. He did, but it, okay. it never, like, said one way or the other. But we don't really hear anything about Ohio Valley Medical Center. So I'm pretty sure he didn't. Okay. Um, In July of 1992, he began working at Sanford USD Medical Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. To get this job, he forged many legal documents. Shocking. Those documents helped him become a respected member of the of society and a respected physician. Now, what were some of these documents that he forged? I'll tell you. Yes, please do. <laughs> First, he forged a fact sheet from the Illinois Department of Corrections that falsified his criminal record, saying he was convicted of a misdemeanor for getting in a fist fight with his co-worker and that he received... Six months in prison for this, not the five years that he got for felony poisoning. Okay. He also forged a, quote, restoration of civil rights, end quote, letter from Virginia Governor Gerald L. Bailey's, falsely stating that he had restored Michael's right to vote and serve on a jury. Uh, Oh, yeah, because as a felon, you can't can't, do that. That's right. The first falsified document was important because most states will not grant a medical license to a convicted felon. Obviously. Makes sense. Would hope so. Usually if you're a felon, you've made some choices that are not the best. That maybe usually be put into a medical situation then. Um, now, while at Sanford Medical Center, Michael somehow had a sterling reputation, but he slipped up when he tried to join the American Medical Association, which is the AMA, so I'm going to call it the AMA now. Okay. Uh, he does a deep... Who does a deep background check on anyone who applies? Which makes sense. Yes. So the AMA found out about Michael's poisoning conviction. Um, and Thanksgiving Day 1992, the Discovery Channel aired an episode of a show called Justice Files that included a segment on Michael Swango. Ooh. Yes. That's a really easy way to get busted. Yeah. Justice <laughs> Files... Um. 
ran from 1992 to 2005 and on the imdb it says quote host jay shadler leads viewers through real crime cases by reconstructing the stories using video actual participants and eyewitnesses end quote so interesting uh i just thought i'd let you know what that was yeah um with the AMA reports and the Justice Files episode, Michael's colleagues began to become afraid of him, rightfully so. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and Sanford fired him shortly after this. Now that the AMA was on to Michael, he had to get away, which is what he did, and they temporarily lost track of him. Which was easier to do, I'm assuming, in the mid-early 90s than... I'm sure. ...than it is now. <laughs> um... He, during this time, managed to get a psychiatric residency at the State University of New York at Stony Brook School of Medicine. And he's not a patient? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Thanks. And his first internal medicine rotation at the VA Medical Center in Northport, New York, patients again began to mysteriously die for no apparent reason. At this point, Kristen Kinney's mother remember her that, that was his wife right yes okay i believe they got married again there was no his partner we'll just pa- say we'll call partner. a partner yeah sharon cooper couldn't believe that a man like michael was able to practice medicine so she got in touch with a friend of Kristen's, who was a nurse at sanford she alerted her to all the things that were going on and the girl this nurse so sanford was the south dakota hospital okay um, this nurse got in touch with Sanford's dean, Robert Talley, who then got in touch with Stony Brook's dean, Jordan Cohen. Damn. The set head of Stony Brook's psychiatric department, Alan Miller, began to question Michael quite insistently until he finally admitted to his poisoning conviction in Illinois. So he had been lying about that again. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know what name he was going at by at this point either, because remember he changed his name. Yeah. I'm just calling him Michael because I didn't want to. Yeah, that gets kind of confusing. So I don't know if like it was easier for him to hide it because of that. But either way, um, he was immediately fired after this. Due to this oversight, though, both Jordan Cohen and Alan Miller were forced to resign before the year was over. Um, So the head of Stony Brook psychiatric department and the dean at Stony Brook. Which I feel is kind of fair because you kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, you need to be doing like, I hope they're doing better background checks at this point. But And at this point, it's a lot harder to hide things like that. You would hope. You would hope. Um, but before doing so, Cohen sent a warning about Michael to all 125 medical schools and all 1,000 teaching hospitals across the nation effectively blackballing him from the medical field in the United States. That was a genius move. So, God bless Jordan for finally doing what, I don't know, maybe the first place should have done. Yeah, no kidding. Um, again, at this point, um, federal authorities had been involved in Michael's life. I don't know what you want to say. Uh, but he disappeared again. They found him in mid-1994 in Atlanta, working as a chemist at a computer equipment wastewater facility. Michael was soon fired after the FBI alerted that company about who he was. At this point, the FBI also obtained a warrant charging Michael with false 
using fraud fraudulent credentials to gain entry to a VA hospital. Unfortunately for them, though, Michael Swango had fled the country at this point. But wasn't he in the military? This was when he worked at the VA hospital at Stony Brook. Oh, when he was working. Okay, I yeah. thought, I thought he was like trying to like be treated or something oh, no. and i was like but wasn't he? no this is for when he okay yeah that makes more sense um in november of 1994 he went to zimbabwe and got a job at Manini hospital again using forged documents and again i'm sure you can guess his patients began dying mysteriously <laughs> A year later, it was found that he was poisoning his patients, and he was arrested in Zimbabwe. He hired a good lawyer, but before the trial date, he escaped Zimbabwe and hid in Zimbai. I don't know if it's Z-I-M-B-I-A. Unfortunately, I do not know African countries very well. I don't don't either. I should have looked, but I'm sorry I didn't. Um... In March 1997, he applied for a job at the Royal Hospital in Dharan, Saudi Arabia, using a fake resume. Meanwhile, on the home front, VA OIG criminal investigators began investigating the case to see why Michael was so intent on committing these crimes. Because he was, they were like, this guy is freaking like, he's like a gnat. Like, he just doesn't go away. Yeah. Even after being, like, caught. He just multiple times. Yeah, he like just you keeps think coming he would back. just give up at yeah. some point and he just isn't. And that's yeah, that's weird. So they're like, What is going on? They also consulted with the FBI and the DEA. The conversation focused on Michael lying on his government applications to work at the VA hospital. With his evidence and other evidence, they were able to get enough information to get immigration and naturalization service agents to arrest Michael Swango. In June of 1997, at the Chicago O'Hare Airport, on a layover he had on his way to Saudi Arabia. Damn, that is lucky. Why he chose to have a layover in the United States, don't know. Maybe it was the only one he could get, but... Well, and they, at this point, he maybe he thought he was untouchable, too, because, like, he's been gone for a while and bouncing around, and they've lost him, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but lucky for everyone, they he did. So, um, Michael pleaded guilty to defrauding the government in March of 1998. And in July of 1998, so a year and a half later, he was sentenced to three and a half years in prison for this. Uh, the sentencing judge also ordered that Michael was not allowed to prepare, deliver food, or have any involvement in preparing or distributing drugs drugs within the prison system i feel like that was a really good call i think so too um the government used this three and a half years to look into all of michael's crimes so they were not done with him they were like three and a half years not enough um at this part as part of the investigation sorry prosecutors had three of his patients bodies exhumed and they found poisonous chemicals in all of them They found that he had paralyzed a patient by the name of Baron Harris with an injection, and Harris later relapsed into a coma and died. Mm. Prosecutors also found that another patient, Cynthia Ann McGee, who was just 19 at the time, died of heart failure while Michael was an intern at OSU. Uh, Turns out that he had killed her by giving her a potassium injection that stopped her heart. Yikes. 
on July 11th, 2000, less than a week before Michael Swango was due to get out of prison on the fraud charges, federal prosecutors in Long Island charged him with three counts of murder, one count of assault, and one count each of false statements, mail fraud with conspiracy to commit wire fraud, and sorry, and mail fraud with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Do you know what wire fraud is? No. Okay. I didn't look into it. I just, I've heard of it. I just don't know what it is. So. Yeah. Sorry. At uh, this time, uh, Zimbabwean officials charged him with poisoning seven patients, five of whom who di- of whom died. And Michael Swango was formally indicted on July 17th and pleaded not guilty. But Of I'm- course he did but on September 6th of the same year, he pleaded guilty to murder and fraud charges. If he hadn't done so, he faced the death penalty and extradition to Zimbabwe to face his charges there. Okay. So he pleaded guilty to avoid that. During his sentencing hearing, prosecutors actually read from his notebook um, terrible passages about the joy he felt during his crimes. Um he was con- sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to keep reading. Yeah, sorry. It's fine. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I think I'll say it at the end. Okay. Um, in all, Michael Swango has been linked to 35 suspicious deaths, but the FBI believes he could be responsible for as many as 60. Holy crap. The four deaths that he was charged with um, were Cynthia McGee, who was 19, Thomas Samaraco, who was 73, George Ciano, who was 60, and Aldo Serini, who I didn't have an age for. Michael Swango is thought to be one of the most prolific serial killers in American history, and that is what helped him get the nickname Dr. Death. Oh. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard his actual name. His actual name. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, I He was, so I just, my question in my head was, because I couldn't find this online in my, like, articles or anything. So he was only charged with three counts of murder, mm-hmm. but he they have him responsible for four deaths so i don't know i wonder sometimes what prosecution will do is they will like charge you for one out of two so if you don't get charged they still have that other one to charge you come back to Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe they did that so i don't know what three for sure he was charged with but those are the four names that i have so i just wanted to say them all okay um, my last little thing I want to say here, um, he did have another nickname, and this was given to him by his colleagues after five of his parents, patients, parents, oh my god, <laughs> that's a lot of parents. Five of his patients <laughs> mysteriously died at Southern Illinois University, and that was Double O Swango, Licensed to Kill. <laughs> that's Which so, is so, so funny. Sad, but really but gross, <laughs> but also like, yikes. Kind of clever. Um. And that is the story of Michael Swango, a.k.a. Dr. Death. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to, like, click. And it wasn't. I was like, until you hear Dr. Death. Yeah. Yeah, I'd heard this story before, but I'd never, like, gone super in-depth on it. So it was 
kind of interesting slash sad to read about but it's just it he seemed like a very smart kid and he seemed like he had a pretty bright future and i don't know where things went wrong but clearly something did yeah good one thank you i got through it without coughing yeah impressive (laughs) um we're all uh, proud of you thank you yes uh, my sources were Wikipedia, Murderpedia.org, TheFamousPeople.com, IMBD.com, and NBCI.NLM.NIH.gov. Wow. Um, yeah. So there you guys go. I hope you found that one kind of interesting. Yeah, I liked it. I think there's more than one Doctor Death, though. I will have to. I do have to say that wouldn't surprise me. Um. So. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so our socials are MW Madness Podcast at Gmail. That is also our Instagram without the Gmail part. Um, and then Midwest Madness Podcast on the group. And um, I think it's MW Madness Pod on Twitter, but I am still not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep meaning to look it up before I say it, and then I just don't. So um perfect well we hope you guys have a great rest of your week um i will be sick in the next episode just so (laughs) everyone else but because we're recording it in less than five minutes so i'm so sorry do you want to say bye serious bye serious he sniffed it but i can't hear it have a good week you guys (laughs) bye